welcome to the newest episode of Arise with Amber, the podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming back and for joining me every week. You guys have a seat at this table, and I'm so glad that you're here. However you found this podcast, you are welcome, and I pray that we can grow in grace and the wisdom and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ together. Today, I want to talk about something that is written about over and over in Scripture, and that is the loving kindness of God. I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Jesus, thank you that you are who you are. You are who you say you are, God. Thank you for giving us your word that reveals who you are to us. God, I ask for you to give us a desire to know you. Lord, open our eyes, our ears, our hearts to grow deeper with you if we do have a relationship. And open the eyes, ears, and hearts of everyone if they don't know you. God, draw them to you. However it may be in your will, for them to come to know you, let that come to pass. God, I'm grateful for everyone who is here listening from around the world. We thank you that you have given us another day to walk with you. May somebody hear something from you today. God, thank you for allowing me to plant seeds for your people. I pray that they learn to trust in you, that they learn to not only know you, but that they learn to adore you. And then they go out into the world and shine your light for others. Thank you for who you are. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, well, the word loving kindness, the word is has said, and that is, it doesn't have an, an equal English translation. So it's oftentimes translated in the English translations of the Bible as steadfast love, loving kindness, mercy, faithfulness, trustworthiness, or loyalty. But has said is God's covenant love for his people. It's his promise. It's, it's, in essence, the very nature of who he is. It's his character. It's his promise, his loyalty, his pledge. It's his unfailing love for his children. And oftentimes when we think of the Bible, or if you ask somebody, or if you would have asked me a long time ago, where does God seem more loving? This question was asked in my, um, my class that I was taking. Where does God seem more loving to you, in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Many people will say the New Testament because that's where we meet Jesus and we see all what he came to do for us. And he is all loving and all accepting and all the things that people say about the God of the New Testament versus the God of the Old Testament. In reality, it's the same God. So people will say that, you know, they think about God in the Old Testament as judge, as angry, as full of wrath, as wiping people out, as causing desolation and all the things that he that he did. However, I feel like in the Old Testament, it truly shows his loving kindness, almost even more than the New Testament. And that's because he warned his people over and over and over again. He would warn them with, he would send signs and prophets and, and beg them to turn from their ways. And he would hear them and he would redeem them, restore them. And in their rebellion, they wouldn't do it. Yet, there's so much, I want to do an arise on the word yet, yet. He still cared for them and he still said he would make them his people and he would be their God. Even in, in as early as Genesis, you know, whenever Adam and Eve sinned and they, they went and hid and they were in shame, God sought them out. God came and found them. And even after they sinned, God clothed them by his loving kindness so that they wouldn't be naked. God, in his mercy and loving kindness, pursues us constantly. He's constantly pursuing us. He's chasing us. He is calling us to himself, reconciling us to himself. And 
it's been, his loving kindness has been with him even before the creation. It wasn't just, you know, it, it climaxed, obviously, whenever whenever Jesus came into the world and Jesus, he sent his son to die for us so that he could fully redeem us to himself. But history shows his undeniable love for us through creation, through mankind, through humanity, through the promise of eternity. From Genesis to Revelation, he displays his great love for us. It's all through the book. It's all through the scriptures. And he shows us because he continually pursues us, he continually guides us, he continually warns us, he continually provides for us, he continually disciplines us, he transforms us, and ultimately he rescues us. And he rescues us by giving it all on the cross, by the shedding of his blood. God's love is unchanging, and it's unlike our fickle love, you know, that kind of comes and goes and changes at the drop of a dime whenever we aren't satisfied any longer, or when somebody frustrates us or upsets us or doesn't treat us well, or when we're no longer getting what we want out of a situation or a relationship, we tend to withhold our love. And that's not something that God does. You know, we're sinful, we're selfish creatures. But his love is unchanging. His love is eternal. And we don't deserve that love. And I just was sitting in awe, you know, just reading through the Psalms and just thinking of all the times over and over in Scripture, it says his loving kindness, his steadfast love endures forever. And if you've read the Scriptures, if you've read all of what the people have done, are doing, will do, all of the sin, all of the rebellion, all of the things that they have done against a holy God, you think, how and why does he love us so much that he's so patient and so kind and endures his long suffering, you know, for so long and not so much so that he sent his son because we couldn't live the life that, that was needed for us to live. We couldn't do that. So God sent his only son to be a substitute for our sins, to reconcile us to himself. I'm just, I'm so grateful for his patience and his loving kindness that, that he lavishes out on us that we don't deserve but praise be to him that his loving kindness is not dependent on our actions now we are required to put our faith and trust in Jesus and we read in Exodus 34 6 and 7 it says then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord God compassionate and gracious slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness and truth who keeps his loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, visiting the iniquity of their fathers on their children and on their grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. We can only know this has said, this loving kindness, by knowing the Lord. We have to know who Jesus is. We have to know God. We have to repent and believe and trust in him for, for our salvation in our lives. And Though people don't agree with this, people don't like to hear this. You know, Granger spoke about this on his podcast and got a lot of um, pushback on it. There's a different kind of love for his chosen people. There just is. And for those who love Christ, it's a different love. It's a covenant love. And God, because of his loving kindness, because of the character of who he is, he created us all in his image. He pours out his love on everyone. And there's a common grace that goes out to everyone. It's, he does have a universal love for, for all of his creation. He created us in his image. We know that in part because he is patient. He is kind. He holds back his judgment on those who are still in unrepentant sin. And we talked about it a couple of rises ago. I'm so glad for his patience for me. 
and pro- probably for so many of you, um, if you came to know the Lord later in life, God was patient with you. God was patient with you while you were in rebellion and sin against him. And praise God for that. He still gives those people, the lost, the sun, the moon. He woke them up today. He gives them breath in their lungs. That's a common grace. He's still providing for them, whether or not they recognize that it's him who's doing it or not. And the gospel is still offered to everyone. The gospel is offered to all, but it's his saving love. It's his eternal love that is reserved for those who repent and believe and trust in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And what a love that is, you guys. What a love that is. It's a love that comforts. It's a love that rescues. It's a love that redeems. It's a love that forgives. And it offers peace, hope, and joy and right relationship forever, forever. And that's a different kind of love than he has for the rest of the world, so to speak. I've heard it said that has said or loving kindness is God's faithful love in action. It's faithful love in action. He's not stagnant. He's always moving, even when we don't see it or feel it. It's just the character of who he is. It's just the character of God. And I love getting to know the character of God. Psalm 2510 says, All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. This love is undeserved. We don't deserve this love. He loved us even when we were dead in our sin and our trespasses. And even though we failed daily to love him and to love his people, his love never fails. His love never fails and his mercies are new every morning. We read that in Lamentations, great is thy faithfulness. We read in Isaiah, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. And that's Isaiah 54.10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. How often are we shaken, you guys? How often do the things of this world and relationships and people and jobs and and, and temptations and everything, grief, shake us to our core. And how often do we remove our kindness from people? How often are we shaken with grief and suffering and anger and sin and wrath and just everything, all those emotions that we feel, how often are we shaken and we turn our backs on God? Yet his unfailing love still has compassion and grace on us. His loving kindness holds us in our affliction when we're suffering. He binds up our wounds. He is close to the brokenhearted. He gives us peace that makes no sense. For those who run to Christ in their pain, we see that he comforts us by the power of his word. He comforts us by his presence in those moments. He comforts us by the people that he sends to us, who care for us, who send that text, who send a letter, who bring food, who pray for us, even when we might not even know that they're praying. There are people praying for you. And you have no idea that they're even praying for you right now. And that's such a gift that we have the opportunity to to talk with to talk with God, to have an open, an open dialogue. He talks to us in his word. We can talk to him through our prayers. He forgives our iniquities and remembers our sin no more. We don't love like that. We don't forgive people's iniquities and remember their sin. We always bring them back up. We recall those things. Whenever we're arguing with somebody again, we say, well, remember when you did this? God remembers our sin no more. There is no one like him. No one like him. His loving kindness endures forever. He is patient and he is kind and he hears our prayers. 
So because of this great love, because of his faithfulness and this undeserved mercy and grace, because we have the assurance of the promises in his book, we are to lift up praise to him. We are to live our lives in gratitude. Psalm 63.3 says, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. We are to glorify God in word and in deed. We're to point others to him and we are to walk humbly with him and trust everything that comes our way because we can know that if it's coming our way and if we are in Christ, it is good. No matter if it doesn't feel good at the time, if it doesn't look good in the natural, we can know that he is good. His character is good. His loving kindness endures forever so that there must be purpose in it. And we have to walk trusting with everything that he entrusts to us until he calls us home. So my prayer for you is that if you don't know him, that you come to know him and not only know him, but adore him as I have come to do. And I pray as it says in Psalm 17, 7, that he would wondrously show his loving kindness to you. I pray that he shows you his loving kindness, that he opens your eyes so that you can see it and feel it and that you recognize it and that you cherish it and that you can remind yourself of it when life gets hard or when he feels distant. He is faithful, you guys. He is working. He sees you. He hears your prayers if you are in Christ. He is calling you to himself and he's inviting you to draw near. If you have been living in sin and you don't want to live that way anymore, he is inviting you into a relationship with him. And he has never turned away a repentant sinner yet and he's not going to start with you. So fall on your knees. Pray for him to, to receive you. Say, God, receive me. I want to turn from my turn from my ways. I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me. I want a relationship with you. I don't want to live this way anymore, but I need your strength. I need you to help me. And then pray every single day and don't ever look back. Don't ever look back. You guys are chosen. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.